0: I just believe in the process, and we're, and we're going to win going through the process. Now, Bills Mafia, it's time for the main event. So sit back and enjoy the show. Bills Mafia, welcome to Red, White and Buffalo Blues, a UK Bills podcast, Bills News with a UK twist. Matt and Robin. Good evening. Today, Robin, how are you doing, and second week of free agency we've had?
1: Yeah, I know. We've got uh, more free agent uh, signings to go through after the emergency podcast last week. After uh, Don <laughs> Miller, definitely no more signings in uh, free agency. Definitely no big uh, big splashes. But yeah, I'm just looking down my list there. What have we got? Six, six new players, six new signings. We'll well, I'm,
0: two I'm going through Twitter right now just to make sure that nothing yeah, yeah. comes out to whilst we're right recording. To make
1: sure Brady's not uh, signing. <laughs>
0: But, yes, six six new. We've got, in the, you've got the trade of the seventh round for Case Keenum. Yeah. The backup. We've got uh, wide receiver Jameson Crowder to replace yep. the departed um, Cole Beasley. I mean, we, uh,
1: Izzy McKenzie as well. I think that's really smart from the yeah Yeah.
0: Smart. We've got, we got um, obviously, Shaq Lawson come back. Oh,
1: and, God, yeah.
0: I don't think we mentioned that on the last uh, on the last show. I think that came back afterwards with Jordan Phillips, yeah. Uh, Greg Manx, a um, yeah. an offensive lineman, government. and yeah. and recently just just before we went on air, um, Taiwan Jones. Oh yes,
1: signed up for another
0: year, hasn't he? Yeah, he's he's back on a um on a one year uh, on a one year deal. So it's it's All been the,
1: interesting. Uh, all the uh, cows coming home to roost, aren't they? They're you know serious yeah. about buffalo being a uh, destination place. All the ex players are coming back now.
0: Ah, and now we just got worried about is actually um, is really Ryan Bates. I mean, he he's visited. Yeah. Who, who did he visit? He visited the Bears. He visited the Patriots. He visited someone else on there.
1: But the Vikings, but uh, I uh, I could be wrong about that. Yeah, no. He's, but he's signed he signed the offer sheet, hasn't he, with the Bears? five days five days to match um if i was a betting man which i'm not because i'd lose every single time (laughs) i i don't think bean will want to i think beans valued him for what he's valued in
2: because
1: i think he's possibly got an eye he can get someone of a similar value um one of the things i've learned through this through this co-hosting business is that that guard isn't seen in the same light as a tackle or a center (laughs) it's the it's the the unloved uh middle child isn't it of the family center gets all the love the tackles get the love but the guard just seems to be
0: a little bit more replaceable doesn't it yeah i'm i'm on the fence about this the fact that they tended him low really to me means that they're probably looking elsewhere. I mean, yeah. they still have um Botka. okay, he's on injured reserve, he's still injured at the moment, but he's unrestricted. Yeah. I know he can play a bit of centre, I maybe mean, it's not his favorite position, but he can play both guard positions. I know Ryan Bates was a jack of all trade along yeah. there, but I think they have they're seeing how Botka actually progresses. Um, and might ink him to a one-year deal, and I think they will go out and, and draft someone on yeah. there. And we'll talk about this with our um, with our guest, uh, Dean yeah. Kindig, yeah, uh, yeah. for it. But I actually do see them letting Bates walk. I mean, this, this it's an unpopular opinion on there, but yeah. you just see the fact that they didn't, they're not going to get any compensation for it. They tended him low. Yeah. So they've set their price on him or they yeah. have. they feel confident in who's out there and who's going forwards yeah. to um to really get to really get where they need to go in this yeah. um in this tough season.
1: I think I think Bean's got his eye on someone. I think he thinks that he can get someone for two to three million, give or take. Mm. Um in free agency, there's there's a guy he can pick up. He's got four of the five, really, hasn't he? He's got his centre. He's got his two tackles. He's got his left guard now. Yeah. Um, he can hang on. Um, and he's probably thinking, yeah, it's not, it's not worth it. Which is a shame because he seems to be very popular. And he's one of those guys who's hung around for long enough. And he got his break. And, hey, if he can get more signing for the Bears, you know what? Good luck to him.
0: Yeah. funny,
1: I mean, the- going, going for the Bears. And, hey, fair enough.
0: Yeah, I mean the biggest news, obviously, is is Case Keenum um, mm. charged with our. I think is our first or second um, seventh round pick from the Browns. Who we seem to be having um, seem to be a bit of a Twitter enemy to to most people at the moment on there. And we're not going to go into that discussion, but obviously, oh, we're not going to go
1: into that discussion. Yeah, I mean, I don't, think, this, I I don't think there's too much more to be said. I think they, I, I think even putting aside the thing we're not going to talk about. I think they've made a catastrophic failure. Mm. I think they have panicked, and I think that whole place is just. I, I feel. I I genuinely feel for Browns fans. A good 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 guy I know. who's just got into NFL actually, and he's a Browns fan. And I was. Um, I need to ask him how he how he's doing, because <laughs> I I I have a lot of sympathy for because it just looked like they were just beginning to get things together. They were a possession away from beating the Chiefs a year or two ago. And I, I don't think this ends well for them in, a, in yeah, any yeah.
0: possible respect. Yeah. Make sure he's nowhere near a bridge. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, that that's obviously our backup sorted. But the interesting move is bringing back um, good old Bitcoin Barkley. Yes, Barclay
1: your back. friend and mine, yeah. QB three wouldn't have wouldn't wouldn't work as QB two, but I think QB
0: yeah. three. Do you think with him, he's going to turn to a Davis Webb type guy? Do you think he's going to be he's going to be on the practice squad? I think he I think he's going to do that, and then they eventually uh, groom him to be yeah. a coach because we know yeah. Joe Brady if he has a good season may move on become an offensive coordinator and they have that that yeah. quarterback coach on there do you think
3: bring, bring the Bomby guy obviously
0: coming in. in for the run yeah if actually ever needed but someone that can bring out the best josh and give him a bit more guidance even though he doesn't need guidance on there but then groom him to be that quarterback coach of the um, yeah. future
1: he seems to like the northeast, doesn't he? He's coming back. He's coming back to a familiar area. He's he's sort of not exactly twilight of the career, but perhaps you know winding it down. He's got a comfortable, you know, fairly comfortable living. He's not really going to see game time. They're probably only going to have the two quarterbacks on game day, aren't they? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, what are you what are you going to do with your free time? You're going to be on the practice squad. It it makes perfect sense. It make it's a perfect trust process sort of decision, isn't it? because you're always thinking about okay the oc's gone to be a head coach we've now got a new oc who was the quarterbacks coach we brought a guy in who's you know bounced around a couple of places but now is going to be the qb coach but will hopefully step up well what what do you do next where you get someone who's going to take your job once you it's 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 um yeah it's almost perfect isn't it
0: and before before we get to the interview i know you have a question something you want to talk about but I
1: just think I think just a minute before we're waiting for uh, for Dean to come along. Um I, I, I don't think we've ever really had the time uh, uh, to talk about this before, but um overtime, Matt. Uh I know Bill's fans probably have a you know, the odd thought overtime. We've had a couple of interesting overtime uh you know situations uh over the past year or two. It's always been a point of interest for me. Um, always been interested about how you decide something, and um, there's just been a few things I've just been out reading over the past couple of days, and I've got a couple of couple of things here. Um, I just wanted to throw them by you if you had any particular ideas. There's a couple of rule. Um, what's the word? Proposals coming Up at the next owners meeting, uh, you need to have. I think it's 24 of 32 owners vote in favor for the for the change. Um, so I'm going to put one of one of these uh, through. There's there's two basically that, that are coming through. We wanted to see what you thought about them. If you had a better idea as well, or leave it as it is. Um, one is the mandated one possession. So they get rid of the sudden death touchdown rule. Now worth bearing in mind. If there's any new listeners to the show, you used to be able to win on a field goal. Mm-hmm. That used to be the end of the game. They changed it about ten years ago, and they changed it again. Uh, changed the the overtime. So the one is the mandated possession and you just play until there's a winner. So if you get your touchdown, the other team will get another possession, but they have to score a touchdown, otherwise the game's over. After that, it's then sudden death. So that's the the proposal. There's one that's actually been nominated by the Tennessee Titans, which is a slight wrinkle in that, which is you can win with a touchdown on the first possession, but you have to score a two-point after. You have to score an eight-point touchdown. To win on that first possession,
0: Whew. I think. I think if anything, I'd like both of them. I think if anything, I would be more in favour of getting have both of them having it, like having it before where first person gets it. If they go down, get a touchdown, then the second place, the the other team get possession of the ball, have to score a touchdown. Field goal doesn't do it. Mm. The only thing I don't like about that is obviously if then you're almost sort of turning it into like college overtime. Because so if they have okay. cause with that possession, they have one possession, one possession. If they both score, they go into second overtime, do it again. And we've seen games that have gone into like seven overtime in college. Yeah. Of that, I mean, if anything, I would I would even combine both both those rules together. So both have to have both have possession if the first team score a touchdown on the first possession and your position they get it they score a touchdown to win the game they have to go for the two-point conversion can but oh, try I somehow like work it in to combine both them in there oh i like
1: that a lot so, so you you the first team gets the possession if they score a touchdown the team have to then score a touchdown with a two-point after to win or they lose.
0: Yeah, or even the first team go down, have to do a two-point um, conversion. If they score a touchdown. If they miss it, then the other team, they just have to go down, score a touchdown, kick an extra point, that sort of thing. So try mixing those two proposals up, kind of yeah. shake up a bit and make the team really go for it. Because you're going to know that if you get a touchdown the first time round... Yeah. And the, the other team go down, get a thing. They know, OK, we just need to kick a field goal to actually take it um, into some death. But yes. let's risk it. Let's go for a two-pointer. We either win the game or we lose the game. Yeah, And you're not getting into this college overtime football type um, yeah. scenario.
1: Because I think well, we're probably both in agreement. And, you know, let's get it out of the way. That divisional round... When we lost that coin toss, we knew the game was over because we yeah. knew yeah. our defense was gassed. Yeah. We also are fairly confident; had we won the coin toss, I think the Chiefs' defense was probably just as gassed, mm. and I think that probably played a big part in the two, you know, successful scoring possessions we had in the last two minutes of the game. And I think yeah. that's where injuries happen. That's where you know that that's when you you you're in danger because that's when you know hamstrings and and ligaments start to go when people mm. are forced themselves to go on. So it's all about keeping it um you know as short as possible that's why i i think like you i think we keep it to really no more than one possession each but i'm going to add one more wrinkle for you and there's two versions of it and there's the one i prefer but i'll propose the other one as well instead of a coin toss because i think there's something about a coin toss that feels very random to me and i and i say this as someone who always loses a coin toss uh, but I'm very good at paper scissors, stone so maybe we should we, we should consider that. I'm very good at paper scissors, stone But here's, here, here's the idea, and I've read it in a couple of places. Instead of a coin toss, the team that had the ball in the fourth quarter has to hand the ball to the other team. So the Chiefs equalised at 36-36 as regulation automatically means the Bills get the ball in overtime. So you <laughs> hand over... The possession so whoever has the ball and obviously because we remember the vikings playoff game of about 10 years ago where they like need it twice with them with a minute to go i think i lost the same thing they need it twice with a minute to go and it was like ultra conservative if you do that and go into overtime instead of a coin toss you are giving the ball if you ha- hold the ball as the as the clock ticks zero the other team get the ball you have to kick it off for that team as overtime begins which then means with that minute or 30 seconds to go, you're not going to knee it. You're going to try and get get the score. And then you may even have one of these crazy scenarios where you're throwing the ball up in the air and you fumble it maybe deliberately, accidentally, on purpose. Mm. The other team is holding the possession as the fourth quarter, quarter goes, which may add for a bit of craziness. The other one that's possibly there as well is that you don't essentially end the game at the end of the fourth quarter. You essentially treat it as if it were the end of the first or the third quarter. So if the scores are level at the end, you just carry on, you change ends, but you carry on. So if you've got the ball, you change ends and then you carry on. And then we just get into that single possession each. So it's two possible ways of changing, taking away the coin toss. One is, you just switch the possession from the team you had it last the other is you essentially play on i
0: would go one i would go the first yeah. one it's, yeah it's just the second one just caused a lot of conf- would cause a pretty much a lot of confusion on there um i mean i could i could see that one working because if you if you're down like 10 seconds you're like 30 yards out you and something on there, you can actually switch it and then you keep keeping possession. But then if you don't get it, then the other team going down. I'm not sure on that one, but I'd probably say the first one more than anything on that.
1: Hmm. To me, it means that you have to make the most of your possession on that where you've got it I hate the kneeing it with a minute to go and, and that kind of thing you have to make the most of it because you know going in you can't risk a coin toss or hope you know the luck comes up heads if it if it's your way you mm. mean to, if you've got the possession you're not going to have it in overtime so you better make the most of it yeah. the flip of the of option two is that if you're 40 30 you know yards away you'd normally be getting ready for a 40 or 50 yard field goal to go ahead Let's say you're assuming the scores a level, you would then hold the possession because you know you've got a whole other period next where you can just drive all the way to the goal line, knowing that it's actually the end of a quarter rather than the end of regulation time, mm. which maybe makes it more interesting, but it's I, I'm trying to keep in mind the fairness,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean it's, it's interesting yeah. and that's what the um what the obviously the guys the, the owners are gonna do with their meeting in a few weeks um well I think it's this week or next week on there. So it's it's definitely worth listening out to see what is actually being um proposed on there. And I guess now we it's it's a good time to to introduce um introduce Dean and let's talk yeah. let's talk NFL draft. And on the Red, white and Buffalo Blues we are joined by Dean Kindig Dean, thank you for joining us on the show. I tried yes. to get you last year, and I follow your work all the time. And it's finally great to have you on the show. My pleasure. So obviously, probably our listeners in America know who you are. For some of our listeners in the um, in the UK, obviously, how did you really get into the scouting, and obviously, what you what you come up with day in day out, especially in this little um, <laughs> period, good period.
2: Bill's training camp is five minutes from my house. My wife would drive me there each day, and I would I would spend time there. And I said I really have some obligation to people that are out of town. It's, you know, <laughs> Buffalo is one thing, and and you know Nick in England is is another thing, right? Mm-hmm. So so I started writing astro notes on uh, one of the. Uh, the stadium wall chat site and the rest is history i i kept doing it and getting involved with draft tech um i realized that that i could lend my editor expertise there um i i taught for 44 years so that gave me a little bit of cachet in that department and then and then now i'm i'm writing for buffalo fan base and uh, that's, that's probably my favorite thing because I can, I can watch, uh, video, I can listen to interviews, I can run spreadsheets. I'm, I'm a spreadsheet nerd. So <laughs> that's what I do.
0: No, I, I mean- just
2: asked the question about, about
1: training, Camden, because it's always been fascinating to me because it, it's probably something we don't really get, certainly in the United Kingdom, certainly with the British sports, because it seems to be like, a it's kind of like a summer holiday destination, isn't it? It's not just training camp. Like, okay, who's going to make the fifty-three? It really feels like it's families and a whole area sort of go there. And and what, what's that like? What what's the access to the players like? Because I hear that players make themselves available to the fans when they're there as well. It's just like a
2: real family right.
3: thing, right. really.
2: You you can you can uh, get right down to the fence and they'll sign autographs. They also have an autograph tent with three guys afterwards every every day uh, that will just be signing autographs. They 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 tend to emphasize the kiddies. So if, if you, you know, if you wanted to, you could you could. Uh, put your kid in line and and. Uh, you know and 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 then steal the autograph i suppose but um, <laughs> what are is... going go in so that's fine <laughs> it, i it it does have that family feel and they used to have the nfl experience um before covid uh the nfl experience was a bunch of um very cleverly set up um events that you could do you know you could try to kick a field goal and you could try to you could try to run over a line with um a uh, a rubber rope tied to your oh, back. Wow. Uh, things like that, and yeah. and oh, passing through uh, holes in a wall that were moving. Uh, you know things like that. So it, it is a little bit of a carnival atmosphere, but you know on on the on the field, it's really really uh, serious. And but you can you can you can yell to the players when they're coming onto the field and you can, you can get their autograph afterwards. So. Oh r- yeah. so Gives you,
0: give you a great insight to what they do in training, in, um, in practice leading up to the week, obviously you're getting to sit there, watch them and obviously do whatever, do have and see who, who the next, next big thing is coming through really, isn't it?
2: Yeah, that's, that's part of what I tried to do is add a little bit of, um author uh flair to you know it's a you know it's a it's a it's a sunny day with dappled clouds uh, and it's 62. um you know Josh Allen was the first out on the field and he's running laps and you could say things like that oh my god so I I hopefully will get a chance to do that this um summer it sounds like they're coming back to St John Fisher uh for training camp and uh it's it's like it, it's like camping for the uh for the guys except you know with bringing their tv sets
0: yeah <laughs> so it's almost like a bucket a bucket list thing especially for us in the in the uk to do just to go try and get into a um a training camp and just observe it i think that's the one thing that we do miss a little bit here is not actually getting seeing actual footage footage up close we just obviously rely on on notes from the likes of Matt Perino, Ryan Tolbert, you, everyone that um gets going there. So I think it's more of a it should be more of a bucket list for for UK fans as well as obviously going to see a game itself.
2: Yeah, maybe I should maybe should I should open a Airbnb then, right? Find <laughs> right, the other few takers. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> so so let's let's get on to it. Let's get on to the bills. Obviously. Free agencies um active at the moment i mean we've made loads of different splashes we were talking just before we came on about um about rick Bates, and obviously he's signed the left signed the contract of intent with with chicago with that what do you think our draft strategy is because obviously initially it was probably cornerback now with the likes of ty hill and how we've filled up the um the inverted commas gaps on there what what would you feel is the should have been draft strategy, and what will be the draft strategy?
2: Well, one of the things that that could very well be a draft strategy now is you. are uh, If you if you draft a lineman uh, at twenty five, he he better be able to play multiple positions and have a, a top side of left tackle. That's Kenyon. That's Kenyon Green of uh, Texas A and M. Um, the Bills have scouted him uh, two times, and uh, they met with him at the combine. And I would fully expect that his that he would be um, uh, that they would go to his pro day. So um, the ones that that uh, you might also qualify for that. Cam Jurgens from Nebraska. He he was he was their center. He can play guard and he actually played tight end. Uh mm. as as well. So so he's he's um he's probably the fastest of the um uh, scouted guys. So that he would be one of those guys you would draft um in the sixth or seventh round. Mm. Um, so that that's a possibility. And of course you've got to find a wrestler, and I did. Um, the wrestler is, is, um, from the, uh, central Florida and that's, we have some luck with central Florida and that's Cole Schneider. He'd probably be available in the fifth, sixth round. I I know they're high on Lasita Smith and he's just a pure left guard, but we just signed Roger Saffold and that's where he plays. Mm. he'd, He'd be a wonderful backup there. Um, and I. I just heard that they're going to um bring for a 30 visit that they were going to um be bringing in um uh one of the uh ta- tackles and that's uh Nicholas Petit Frere of Ohio State. Okay. So that he could he could he's he's a member of Denny's all pancaker team. I don't know <laughs> if you have Denny's restaurants over there, but uh he's he was one of my favorite um um, lineman in the draft mm. uh, so that so he would be a he'd be a left tackle that you could put and you could even you could even sl- slide uh, they're not going to do it but they could slide Dawkins in and and let Petit Frere play uh um out there on the blind side that mm. that's not going to happen though
0: so but, also but, uh, go on Rob
1: oh no what I was going to say was um Obviously, there's this huge. We 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 just started going through the uh, the big board earlier uh, earlier today, and there's the trying to get a sense of just how many players are reporting for the draft, and just you know, and all of those evaluations that go through. And I'm still just trying to get, you know, just trying to get my head around really because I you know I understand mathematics and I understand statistics, so I can understand how you build up a picture and a profile of a player and that sort of thing. But when we're talking, and we will get to it about who the Bills go for at 25. When you look at the positions, perhaps, that we need, what is the so-called drop-off that you might expect to have between a guard that you get at 25, a guard you get in round two, in round three, and round four? Are there years or positions, perhaps, where you can say, well, you know what, we can maybe wait till day two to to get our guard
2: because we like
1: the, you know, we like the class?
2: No, that's a great, that's a great question, it's insightful because um, uh, a cornerback might take a couple of years to get up to speed. A wide receiver could take a couple of years to get up to speed. Um, guards and centers have been have been doing this, you know, for years. It, um, yeah. And their job isn't going to change that much. All they're the counters. To the whatever the edge throws at them might be um, a little bit more sophisticated, but you could you could get a a center or a guard up to speed fast Well, a a guard up to speed faster. They the the wide receiver would would be a good. A good second choice in that regard, um, I something tells me that we're going to do something at at cornerback or they really love Dane Jackson enough Mm. to wait until the second round, third round. Um, and I'm in the minority, I think uh, saying that, but I I think that they like who they have already. And they think that adding pressure up front will produce um, the results they want from their uh, linebackers and cornerbacks.
1: Yeah. You're taking the pressure off the better pass rush. You take the pressure off the corners. You don't need to have elite. You right. can maybe buy yourself enough time until Trey comes back
2: yeah, at 100 yeah. percent, perhaps. Yeah. And you have the best safety tandem back there helping out. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'd worry, though, because um, it doesn't sound like Trey White's going to be ready to go um week one. And that may that may influence their decision um, in the in the coming days. Uh, what are they going to do about cornerback number one? I'm, I, mm-hmm. you know, cornerback number two was enough of a problem, but finding out that maybe maybe Trey White wouldn't be ready for week one certainly maybe changes like, your mind. Levi Wallace has gone to the Steelers as well, hasn't he? It, it does seem
1: like they'd have to address it, even if they get a a free agent, someone who's hanging around uh, right. before the draft and and maybe strengthen well maybe even a double dip that's my prediction but
2: yes I, I it is mine as well i i really think that um of all of the positions uh that they might double dip on it would be the uh cornerback yeah mm. cornerback position the other one though is that i i was given a, a list of the number of players that still need to be signed at each position and and we're we're looking at at uh, to equal last year's number at that position. We we still need about between five and seven offensive linemen, <laughs> um, four defensive linemen, four wide receivers, just to have a full um, yeah ninety at camp. You know yeah. that gets cut down to fifty three if. You know, and maybe they're happy enough with their roster the way it is that they carry less this year.
0: Mm. I think I think it's it's interesting to see on because Obviously, we now know that obviously wide receivers become that sneaky, that sneaky need. Obviously, you've got um, you've got Diggs, you've got Davis, you've now got Crowder for the year, McKenzie then you've got the, the cutoff there. So what I like about what, what Bean's done in there is he's, he's addressed some of the bigger needs, obviously beefing up that pass rush and that defensive line, got in a, a solid veteran, so at least we've got one position, starting position, obviously draft for depth as well in there, but it gives us that opportunity to pretty much go almost in any direction in that I think that's that's what I like about what he's actually done so far and I think it's going to be a very interesting draft and what and what direction really they can go in
2: right and I I think we have five more weeks as as of yesterday um uh no as of today we have five more weeks and I think it's going to get even more gummy before Mm. we get there because I, I think that Bean's intent is to go into day one of the draft, having an an acceptable batch of players at each position that could go out there on, you know, week one, mm. and 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 win. So, I, the other factor in all of this is that Bean has such great confidence in his scouts yeah. that he can pay, he can take he can take somebody like. Um, Christian Watson in round three of wide receiver from North Dakota State, and he might be better than Jamison Williams at 25
3: mm-hmm. in yeah. round
2: one. Um, yeah. Just because he knows he knows these players, the ones that he's actually going um, more than once to um it's very you know, it's very interesting. You you get you're having players, there are even players that he has gone to the games of that um probably aren't going to be drafted, but they might end up on the Buffalo Bills just because they ha- they do one thing really, really well. That's what Belichick yeah. used to do. So, yeah, uh, you know, you need one thing well. Okay, that's you know, we need a wide receiver that's really fast and and is a kick returner. And and he's probably the best at bubble screens, you
3: mm-hmm. know.
2: Um, th- you know that that player could be, um, picked up in undrafted free agency. Yeah. So. That's...
0: I mean... Go on, Rob.
2: Yes, that, yes,
1: that. Yeah, I know. I think you're absolutely, absolutely right, Dean. Because at, at this point, the the fundamentals and the core of the team has been built, and they, they they've done that. They're now looking. Like to use that 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 word, the gadget player. I thought it was really interesting with uh, Duke, uh, Duke Johnson that they that they managed to sign just yes. to do a little something else that, that the team didn't quite have. He doesn't need to win you every game, but you can bring him on and he can do a job and he can mm-hmm. do that thing for us. We have right. a running uh, joke on the podcast because I made a prediction weeks ago that we'd sign J.D. McKissick, and uh, Matt and Mark were very uh, very. Uh, 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 and, uh,
3: unintended,
1: <laughs> shall we say and then you know i had about 12 hours where i was the uh, <laughs> the, the prophet of the uh, the podcast and then it all went wrong um, can, can, I, can i just ask one, one question because one of the things i've always said and, and and bean says it in every single interview about he doesn't go for the position he goes for the best player available and i i wonder if the best position available that does still seem to be cornerback, and I'm just wondering if he does something in free agency to 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 address that. Does that free him up to 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 just you know maybe he sees an incredible safety, maybe he sees a you know one more lineman, maybe he sees one more receiver, and he just thinks, what the heck? We could have this guy for ten years. We'll worry about cornerback when the right guy comes along.
2: Right, right. Uh, it's it's so it, that is so possible. The, the other thing is we don't really know what position is going to drop. Mm-hmm. We, we think we know. I think that there are going to be at least four cornerbacks available um, within within easy striking distance of the Bills at 25. Um, yeah. I, I think Andrew Booth, Trent McDuffie, um, Kyrie Lam, and um, Kyler Gordon are all going to be right in that in that 23 to 30 range. And they and I, I think he lets the draft come to him if that's the way it, it falls out. What if mm-hmm. but what if the other thing is true? The cornerbacks are taken early? Well, that means yeah. that means that um, uh, wide receivers and linebackers and Jalen Petra fa- fall in our lap. So yeah, so yeah. Petra can play cornerback and safety.
0: For well, ten
2: years. Well, yeah. So there's before. a so there's a there's a possibility there.
0: Yeah. I mean with with cornerback, I know on we have a, a group chat on there and there is sometimes um a bit of oohing are and, ah and some people like, some people not. If we take the four guys that you actually did say that could be there at um twenty five, Booth, McDuffie, Gordon uh, and Delam. Which right. one would you be more comfortable with? Because I mean, I've I've liked the lamb for quite for since obviously I've since the right. the turn of the um turn of the turn of the year on there. But obviously, other people do see Booth in there as a good prospect. But I'm just more interested to see what your what your opinion would be and who you would preferably see if they went cornerback at twenty five.
2: Yeah, uh, Booth, Booth would be my first guess. Um, it was all it would also be my first guess as to which one Bean would take because um, he he went, he went and saw um, a game and then had two scouts go to other times contacted him at the combine, then contact contacted him at the pro day. And I interview I watch interviews, I should say, I watch interviews of each player and I was one one of the ones that impressed me the most uh, was uh, Booth. Um, that doesn't mean that I would be disappointed if they took Kyler Gordon or Lamb or uh, even McCreary. Because mm-hmm. um, of of all of them, I, I was least impressed with with uh, Kyler Lam's um, interview of all of them. But there, but we're splitting hairs here. Yeah. You know? So um, maybe maybe take maybe take the one that's best in zone or the best tackler i think i think the best tackler is probably um um McCrary mm. from auburn and auburn runs a 425 uh same as bills so their their base structure looks a lot the same in on defense do
0: you, do you think that obviously you tell, you go through you obviously look at their read their interviews watch their interviews and all that do you really see the fact that interviews play a major, major part in it, or do they still rely on obviously going to see him? Like in this instance, we say with Booth and Alam, they he's gone out to see him. Do they take more notice of the tape, or do they just have and have the interview, say as like a um, like a backup, just to get to know the player a bit personally? Do they focus more on the tape
2: or the or the interview? I I think the Bills play. Oh, I I think the tape is still numero uno. I'm I'm pretty sure that when they get them on 30 visits and um I've only heard of one so far and that's that Nicolas Petitfrere. Um th- the interview can can make or break two players of equal um, good film, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, like
1: a swing decision
2: almost. Yes. Yes. So so um I did write a I did write a thing on uh, Buffalo fan base and it was called the bean scene dream team. And it was <laughs> all of the players that, that bean saw, but also had a great interview at, you know, the, that are, that are at that, you know, on day one, day two. So yeah. the Bean scene dream team was, was one of the ones that I wrote it. And he doesn't, bean doesn't always go to see the players that, he likes. He never he never went uh, this year to uh, Michigan State, which I I. um, And and I don't have any sources that that placed uh, any Bill Scout at Michigan State, and. um, um, There's a running back that they should have been looking at (laughs) at at Michigan State and, uh, you know, based on based on what everybody's saying. Yeah, I, I just can't. I just can't find a uh, source that says that. So
0: hmm. that I they mean, were
2: there.
0: I mean, one one name on, on quarterback that's now rising up the draft board is the um, the guy out of um, San, University of Texas, San Antonio, um, Terry Woolen. Yes. What is he, in your opinion, from seeing the tape interview and all that? Does he seem a fit? Obviously, we know he's got the speed, and now with Tyreek Hill, now with the Dolphins, we might need a tiny bit of speed to cover both Waddle and um, Hill if Tua can throw over 10 yards um, mm-hmm. on there. But do you see him as a potential either 25 or the Bills draft up from round two up until early round two to take him?
2: Um, It – I, I – with Bean, I'll never say never. He did have a great interview. And um, the, again, no scouted games, you know, they didn't go to San Antonio. And I, and um, I, I try to get a good um, beat writer uh, in my follows on Twitter for each uh, college. Mm. And I could not find any anybody talking about, uh, you know, UTSA. Uh-huh. Um, but then they they visited Tariq Woolen at at the combine. He has a great interview. He's he's a genuine 6'4". and 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 I think I think he ran under four yeah, uh, three. Yeah, that that'd be a good cornerback. Yeah, <laughs> so that, he'd be the one. He'd be the one. I think that I would um, take in round two if if they go somewhere else in round one.
1: Yeah, just. Um just following up from what Matt said there the bills have nine picks don't they in the draft this year it it seems unlikely doesn't it that the all nine will make the the 53 to say the least so right. but my feel my feeling is if beans going to do anything he's going to package some picks try and move up in round 1 and then maybe move up in round 2 maybe just get four so called double air quote you know superstars or you know rather than you know going for the for the depth do you think that do you think we can find someone at 20 or 19 or 18 um who might may, maybe willing to move down
2: yeah um i as a matter of fact um what what would be my dream i think um if if we did get one of the one of the big five cornerbacks in the first round and then you 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 could even trade down a bit to get one of those five mm. and then and then with your other draft capital trade up and and we don't know who the sacred cow is on on the bills that they might even include in a trade, but they could take they could take draft capital from next year and mm. say we're we're in to win now. We're, the, yeah. the Rams proves prove something to us. <laughs> um. We're going to we're going to trade down and then trade back up so that our so that our, our round one pick is a little bit lower, but we get two two round round two picks.
3: So yeah, you'll, yeah. you'll, you'll yeah.
2: get you'll, you if that happens, you could conceivably get four players in the top 100. It happened it happened last year. I actually had Rousseau and Basham both as first round picks. Got oh, wow. them round one and two. He yeah. just happened. He just happened to do some counting, and and said, I don't think I don't think um, all these edges can go in round one. We'll have a chance to get one in round two. Yeah.
3: yeah.
2: So so that's a that's a thought as well. So you could you you could trade down and then and then get two two picks with Mm. that and then trade up for whoever you needed by using some of your third and fourth round picks yeah you know to move up there are a couple of very desperate teams that don't have very many draft picks
0: Uh yeah
2: yeah after after this week's shenanigans
0: so want to switch to another position you have mentioned a few players for it it's in it's in the guard position i just want to see with obviously um uh chroma now coming back on there, do we see a shift to a more athletic type of guards in there in the um in the scheme, and not just first round I mean I like Zion Johnson I'm on there, not just first round. is there any guys really that fit that type of mold that could be the next big thing being coached under chroma
2: i i I totally believe that um one of the things I just did was I looked at all of the guards. And I looked and saw like which guard would he take in each round. So no, round one would be um, I actually like Kenyon Green more than Zion Johnson, but Zion Johnson is the is the one from the uh, A- American Athletic Conference, the ACC, and mm. and ten of Bean's players that he has drafted came from the ACC. The yeah. second the second round would be Lasita Smith. He's from Virginia Tech five games of virginia tech were scouted this year and it wasn't because of their offense let me just tell you (laughs) Mm -hmm. um and and uh smith runs a 5 14 40. he's also in the acc and he'd be Mm -hmm. he'd be a good second round pick round three i think thayer munford might be there from ohio state and bean went there twice and and five games were scouted so those those three would be would be great picks. In round four, Ed Ingram from LSU, Bean and Shane, okay, the GM and the assistant GM at the time, went there. And then and and so did um so so did Brady and and Brady is uh, the
0: uh, QB coach.
2: Yeah. So yeah. so Ed Ingram might be on the list too. He runs a five fifteen uh forty. He's he's he he fits the exact archetype that Cromer um, is looking for, and he's from the SEC. Um, he, he was a good player on a bad team. Let's let's just cut yeah. to the chase. But um, I I really think that between those guys, they're going to pick one of them. We know that they brought in uh, talked at with uh, Cam Jurgens from Nebraska at the combine. He's not going to go until the sixth or seventh round. So you've got you've got that guy as well. Yeah. Uh, and the, I'll throw one more name at you. And he, he could play on the right side. So he's not going to go on day one or get day two. But Jalen McKenzie out at USC. Um, he was probably my favorite interview of the, all of them. And again, our arch, archetypal um, um, measurables for like, 65315 uh, can can run just over five uh second forties and we don't get to see the um you know at least in the east we don't really get to see a lot of the um uh, Pac-12 games but but he was pretty good um uh, as well it, yeah so there are a lot of choices throughout the draft uh the wrestler is Cole Schneider I don't know if I mentioned that or, or yeah. not so he'd, yeah. he'd he'd be in that sixth round
0: so one, one guy one guy I have looked at, I was watching the um, HB, HBCU um, game, legacy game um, back yes. in February, um, Florida A&M, Keenan Forbes, could he be, I'd I like what I kind of saw from him, I don't know if he's a sort of fit as like a round six to UDFA type type signing, I don't know if you've had any,
2: yeah. any opinions on him. I I I don't have a lot on him Um, to be honest, um, I have been following those HG, HBCU colleges because this was one of the first years they had their own pro day. Mm-hmm. And and so that if it didn't start this year, it started last year. And that that really um, has attracted the interest of fans uh, as well. And everybody likes a diamond in the rough. When you yeah. when you pick somebody mm-hmm. that that nobody had on their board, and they just kind of go, "Who?" Yeah. <laughs> those are the ones. That, those are the ones that everybody likes to. Uh,
0: how the staff, how the scouts earn their money. <laughs>
2: yes, and 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 I think our scouts d- did a very good job today. There were like there it was yesterday and, and today there were so many colleges that had this pro day on the same time, and we were mm-hmm. like at six of them. Yeah. So you you know that they're um, the scouts are doing their work and they're believe me with with Bean there uh, heading this up they're going to be organized they're they're going to know what to look for and they're going to gather the kind of information that is filtered back to Bean.
0: Yeah. So before I go on the, the last the last category, which is going to be which receiver, obviously. Us being British on that, I just want to get your opinion on both um, Bandili Olusani and David Ajabo. I know he's got an Achilles injury, which will probably knock it down a bit. Do you see Ajabo a- a- actually um, being a fit for for the Bills and maybe a second round um, pick, maybe potentially high third if it's that bad? And yeah, also, what's your what's your view on Bandili? Yeah, it.
2: What? Um, I think one of them. One of them is going to be taken right before the bills um, yeah. um, uh, i uh, draft draft tech is my old um hunting ground and uh um, one of the um guys that's in there really, really likes Ojabo, mm. um and 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 the bills went to Michigan a lot this year. He actually took um he actually took them for Dallas at 56 and that was that was way earlier than you know that would be like a reach of 35 um draft picks yeah. it, it, but the guy was so sure that that Ojabo was going to be a success in this league that that um, yeah Boye Mafé and uh, David Ojabo came came off right before the Bills pick at 57 so th- that that is probably, that is probably up today or tomorrow morning um, yeah. at, at drafttechcom
0: that's Nice. Cool. So, so wide wide receiver. I mean, obviously everyone wants, um, everyone wants their, the Jameson Williams, the Olaf, the Garrett Wilson's and all that, but all that really are good technicians in their, um, in their own right on there. What, what ones, and are there any other names, not just round one, that really could make an impact as a bill, even if it is just a case of coming in to start with, sitting behind the four mentioned at the beginning—Davis, Diggs, um, Crowder, and McKenzie—learning, then next year making that uh, making that breakout.
2: Yeah, I th- uh, again, you're asking all the right questions. One of the one of the things that I. Um, that I think is going to happen is that I think they have some, the, the, you know, they sent, they sent Bean to Jameson Williams and John Metchie's, um, games yeah. early. Th- those are early guys and anybody can pick them, right? Well, yeah. it'll be the, it'll be the A- Alec Pierce and um, Javon Hiley from uh, coastal Carolina or Justin Ross from Clemson that can, that will be down in the third and fourth rounds that, that could actually be the next Gabriel Davis. And, and, um, if I had to put, if I had to put money on one of them, I'd say, uh, Javon Hailey from coastal Carolina would be a, a a like, um, if I say it, if I say it now, you'll remember (laughs) that, uh, that, yeah, I, I, I think Dean Kindig was talking about that. <laughs> um, and, then they're, and then they might go back to Florida Atlantic. I think um, that sing- Singletary School, there's a mm-hmm. guy there who I don't think will get drafted or will be the seventh rounder for the Bills. And that's John Mitchell from Florida Atlantic. Um, 6'4", 228, runs a 4'4". Um, yeah and And just you know didn't get didn't get a lot of the uh, looks and didn't get a lot of the touches. Um, mm. but he's the he's the top ranked player at Florida Atlantic, and bean went. so yeah. that's that that was one of my you know that's one of my uh, head scratchers for this year. yeah um, so i I think the bills were are gonna come away with with at least two. Undrafted free agents, it, wide receivers, that could have a fighting chance on the on uh, the squad, it, even on the practice squad. We've got one there now, Isaiah Hodgins. I was yeah. really high mm-hmm. on him. They took him like in the sixth round, and and he's he's uh he, he probably now with Beasley gone has the best three cone drill time on that on that squad. So he um in college, he was twelve for twelve in the end zone, twelve catches off of twelve targets, yeah um so they would line him up, they would line him up in the red zone and and uh you know he'd just go up and get it, so then mm. we have we have one if we don't draft one, yes, yeah,
0: i mean i like I like Alec Pierce, I mean, he's got the size, he's got the um the the reach, he's got the uh the speed on there. And uh, down here he's more of a he's he is more of a blocking or does excel in the blocking side. And if we're gonna do a few more um sweeps or or screen games and all that, he's one that almost kind of reminds you of Robert Woods, maybe.
2: Oh, there you go. I um I will tell you that that of all of the um of all of the wide receivers, uh Alec Pierce uh, appears near the top in um his um yards per catch against the AP ranked teams. So if if you're if you're if you're Power Five and you're ranked by the AP, mm. um, he has he has one of the best yards per catch averages in the whole draft. the the other The other one is the other one is injured and he's going to fall around and that's George Pickens from Georgia yeah so keep your eye on on that one too the the um when i look you know when i look at good interviews there were so many of them that you had to you had to divide it up some other way and, <laughs> and you, you have to you have to look at the Bean seen dream team to uh to find those but there there are guys there are guys that uh were really good at uh at their interviews that one was us uh, syracuse is really close to us here and um Nikeem Johnson went to Syracuse and transferred to Kent State was getting passes thrown to him by Dustin Crum he's my favorite quarterback that won't be drafted at at, at Kent State and one of the best interviews He's just a little a little spark plug guy and uh he didn't he didn't run very well at the combine but he has he has like a thousand uh, career kick return yards as well and um Marquez Stevenson probably needs a little bit of help. Yeah.
0: So I'm I'm kind of wary of the times. So I know you said they've got to be off at um, about quarter past, so in about five to five ten minutes or so. Can you can you name us some some sleeper picks picks that no one's really talked about in the Bills, um, at least on Bills Twitter, in regards to the draft that you think people should need to go back and actually look at the tape and go, damn. I really want him <laughs> as a bill. <laughs> it could be I, any position. It doesn't have to be guard, um, wide receiver, cornerback. Any any position that just makes you think, okay,
2: oh, okay. that's
0: a sneaky pick, as a sleeper pick, and the bill should get back and go, wow, let's draft him. Let's get him in that. Uh, let's get him in that couple. roster.
2: I got a couple. Um, first of all, I won't even give you any names in the first three rounds because because that's. Yep that's that's too easy i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with um fourth round rashad white uh arizona state um one of the nicest interviews that i ran into um he can he can run four three um at one point this season he led the ncaa in rushing yards per um attempt and um and he was number one in the ncaa so he's 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 not huge but fast and um I love, I love that he, he's that humble and hungry type player. So if you're looking for a running back, um, center Donovan West, he's a wrestler. Uh, he can play any position on the line. He's going to go about, um, I, I think fourth round also. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, maybe, maybe the next round. Um, and, um, he, He is um, out on the the West Coast, so we didn't get a lot of chance to see him. Dependable, athletic, versatile, uh, and he started every single freaking game. So he he won the league title as a wrestler in high school. So start him at guard, move him to center when Mitch Morse retires. So he's won. And one of my favorite defensive linemen is Jaden Peavy, uh, Texas A&M. Again... Uh, great interview, Six six three fifteen. 3'15". Um, I think he could play either three-tech or one-tech. And we seem to love those kinds of guys. So, Jaden Peavy. Um, and then one more I'll give you is, um. well, we're going to draft a putter. Yeah. Yes. And, and I think the one that we're, I, there's two that I think, one is not going to be drafted, but the one that's going to be drafted is Matt Ariza um, from San Diego State. The Bills went to um, the San Diego State uh, Pro Day. And uh, they were first in the Mountain West. We never, we never uh, think to look there, but he's got he's got some meat on his skeleton, and that's he's a good one, Matt Areza. Yeah. Um and the running back, the running back that I like down at the end there um could really, really take a place of Brita. Um, and I know we signed one, but I'll bet you they bring one in. Anybody they sign for a one-year deal, watch for a draft pick or a a guy that they're really high on to bring in and develop uh, mm-hmm. even on the practice squad. This um is Max Borgie, Washington State, yes. and I think I think that he'll end up being that 203 pick, maybe 185 right down there at the end cuz he cuz that's what they do. Yeah. Um I, it, the only other thing I had to to, to comment on um, is that you don't think of this, but we—it's a really bad tight end class.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: There are mm-hmm. like two guys that could outrun Dawson Knox, so it, it could be that OJ um, uh, uh, OJ Howard could is, is the answer there, um, but you know they're going to bring in two more. And and I, the the class isn't that great, so you, you're probably going to want to bring them in early. Yeah. So, um, Ed, they like Greg uh, Dolchich of uh, UCLA. He's 6'4", 238, but he's one of the guys that might be able to catch Dawson Knox in a race. And uh, Grant Calcaterra from SMU, ironically, <laughs> um, would be the other one that might be able to catch him. And I and I liked I liked him a lot um, watching uh, his stuff. You, you try to look for the guys that did well in the games that the Bills saw, especially if Bean was there. So yeah, that, that's how you that's how you kind of uh, the the guy that did the best at a game that the Bills saw was uh, Trey McBride, but he'll go in the second round, and I'm not really sure we will be looking at tight end
3: there. Mm-hmm.
2: But I just said might have to be go nice. early with with that um and uh you you could also look like uh like john fitzpatrick of georgia um he did pretty well um he's coming off a foot injury so that um he's he's probably one of the better black uh blockers and i think we're looking for a blocker we already have the playmaker tight end we need the blocker so uh that, that would be a fitzpatrick's like six seven so he'll remind the people of the old, he'll remind us old guys of Metzlars. <laughs> yeah. Very old, uh, very old guys.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, Dean, I know the time. I know you have got to shoot off, but I want to say thank you ever so much for, for coming thank on you the so show. Much. I've, yeah. always, I've always wanted to get you on the show. I'm glad I've got you on the show and got to talk, um, talk bills, talk draft and all that. And, Obviously, where can people find you, and obviously find your work and all all you do. And I will recommend people actually do follow and look at your work because it's in depth and it is very eye opening and really good for trying to understand the mindset of a of a bill's scout and um, the bill's front office.
2: Oh wow! Well, uh, the easiest one because my Twitter handle is so complicated. Just 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 go go to um, Dean Kindig. Buffalo Fam base with the F A M uh, base, and um, that's probably the easiest way. So yeah. you, you get all the stuff that I've written there, and uh, at the bottom of every article, I have put my uh, Twitter handle. It's, it's too hard to <laughs> <it>. <laughs>
0: too hard to explain. <laughs> yeah.
2: Exactly, exactly. Right. Well, I've be- enjoyed this. My favorite topic.
0: Yeah, mine, mine too. I think as soon it will become Robin's favorite topic soon.
2: No <laughs> <laughs>
1: substitute for well, uh, live games, but it's uh, it'll keep us going till uh, September. Oh,
2: thank yeah. you. Well, no. if, if you're if you ever cross the pond, uh, look me up. Uh, we've got a guest room.
0: Awesome. We'll be we uh, making a note and actually yeah. saving it on a on a spreadsheet. Yeah, exactly.
1: That's that, that's <laughs> a that's a that's a verbal, that's a verbal contract. Where we're coming.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no. Going. Dean, once again, it's a very yeah. much of a pleasure to actually um for you to come on and actually um talk. and we wish you um wish you uh all all the best and actually have a good rest of the um draft season. Thank right. you so much, go, go Bills.
1: Go, go bills. bills.
0: So thank you, Dean, there for uh for joining us on the Red, White, and Buffalo Blues. And really, this all we've really got to say is um keep following us on all the socials. You go at UK underscore bills. At rwbb underscore podcast, you've got Robin at Robin C Armstrong, and you've got Mark who is not with us as you know today. And uh, this is was it Mark S? Is it or this is Sparky S? I can never remember, but we'll just uh we'll just let him explain it next uh, time. <laughs> um, obviously, Buffalo Bills UK on Facebook, Buffalo Bills UK on YouTube. And I will be saying that we are I am going to be bring back the defend your draft series on um on YouTube. So if you have anyone listening out there, want to take part, drop us a message and we'll get some sort of time arranged to actually um to get that and defend your draft. Um UK Bill underscore bills on Instagram, follow me, Matt SW86. And all was left to say is, once again, thank you to Dean, for Robin. This is Matt saying good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thank you for listening. Keep subscribing, following, liking. And let's go Buffalo Bills. Go Bills. You yeah, no, no no don't know
2: anything about art? You don't know anything about work? Huh? That's who we are. Bills on three. One, two, three.